Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Okay, welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And this is Sandra tonight doing an interview. I have with me Lynn Crow out of Mexico, World Mission Outreach. She's my sister in the Lord, but she's also my earthly sister. And so, Lynn, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Are, are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm ready for this. <laughs> a, a, a few weeks ago, we were talking, and we talked for an hour, and she was sharing a lot of things about mom who had lived with her the last four years of her life. And when we finished it, I thought, gosh, we could have done a radio show with all the stuff that we shared. So I'm going to hush up now and let you go, and you just give whatever the Lord shows you. So get going. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. I love you. Uh, Yes, let me share just a tiny bit about myself and our ministry. And uh, My name is Lynn Crow, and my husband is Bobby. And Bobby's been in the ministry for 53 years full-time. So he's a great man of wisdom, and and we've lived here in Mexico for 38 years. The Lord even told us the name of the city of where he wanted us to come, and he has really blessed us. We're in Ciudad Victoria, Tamaulipas, Mexico, and we've been here, like I said, 38 years. And God has blessed us with a church. We have a church of about 2,000. Uh, we have a, a Bible school. In fact, it starts next week. It's once a year, and it's a very intense six-week Bible school. And the students live on campus here uh, with the church and uh, and attend all their classes for six weeks. And uh, Um, Oh, we have a lot of outreaches. We're a church that loves to go out into the highways and the byways and win the lost, pray for the sick, raise the dead, uh, all kinds of things that we uh, heal the sick, um, just so many things that God has put in our lives and in our hearts uh, to lift him up and to bring the gospel to the people of the world. And so that's a little bit who I am. I have a women's ministry also and a women's magazine, and uh, and I've, he's privileged me to be able to go all over the world into so many different countries and to preach and to share the gospel with women and with churches. And I'm so grateful for that. When I was 12 years old, uh, well, let me change it. When I was 13, years old, um, the Lord called me to be a missionary, and I didn't know anything at that time about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit knew me, and uh, I was I was raised Baptist. I got saved when I was nine years old, and I was raised Baptist, but when I was 13, in my little Sunday school classroom, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to be a missionary, and I remember walking the aisle of that Baptist church. In fact, it was the first Baptist church of uh, Brownsville, Texas. 
And I walked that aisle, and I told my pastor, the Lord just told me he wants me to be a missionary. And it wasn't until I married Bobby when I was 24 that we went in. Bobby was already in missions full-time and and, uh, uh, in the ministry full-time. But when I married him, we both had the same vision. And so we've been serving in missions and in churches in the States ever since the call of us coming together and, and being married. And this year... We'll be married 45 years in August. So God has really blessed our marriage. He's blessed our ministry. And he's continued to put fire in our heart for the people of the world. Now, this isn't about me. (laughs) This is about mother. But I did want to give a little bit of a background let me tell you a little bit about Sandra's and uh, my mother and how awesome she was. And she's the one uh, that, of course, took us to church, to the Baptist church, but then she's the one that received the Holy Spirit first, and then she started sharing with us about the Spirit of God. And then it was all three of us uh, kids uh, received the Holy Spirit. Uh, I received first, and then my brother Bobby, my husband's name is Bobby, and I have a brother named Bobby, and he received the Holy Spirit second, and then Sandra was third. And and all of our families are filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, our grandchildren all know the Lord and are serving God. So Mother has a great heritage that she has given to us. Now, four years ago, because my mother wasn't able to take care of herself anymore. We brought her here to Mexico to live with us uh, until she went to be with the Lord. So this past March, uh, March the 8th in 2016, uh, she went on home to her heavenly reward. And so when we were talking the other day, Sandra and I, we were saying we could have just done the, like Sandra said, we could have already finished the program because we were sharing all these testimonies of the miracles in Mother's life. But uh, let me just tell you a little bit about Mom. Her name was Mabel Anderson Scriber, and she was a woman uh, of, of a godly reputation. She became, uh, she was an intercessory prayer warrior, and and sometimes when you say that, uh, you maybe have known other people that have called themselves an intercessor, and maybe they did a little bit more gossiping, or or either uh, there was some things that didn't seem right or something, but my mother was such a powerful woman of God that she didn't allow any gossiping in any of the um, prayer meetings that she had. She had in her home... This is amazing. She had, even though she changed homes during these times, it was like 40, I think it was 47 years, every Thursday night, she had a prayer meeting in her home. And a lot of the people stayed with her during all of those years. They started out young with her, and they were still, excuse me, they were still going when she came down here, uh, and so she had pra- powerful prayer meetings, and this was under the authority of her church, Church of the Good Shepherd in Brownsville, Texas, and it was under the authority of her pastor, Pastor Gail Gardner, and so she submitted her prayer meetings, and the people of the church came, and it was a powerful time in God as they interceded for the church, for the pastor's family 
family and for all the things that the Lord put on their heart. So she was a woman of prayer, but she was such a woman of faith. You know, uh, Hebrews 11, 1 tells us, and I'm reading it out of the New Living Testament, uh, a translation, Hebrew 11, 1 says, faith is the confidence Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So our hope is because of the faith that we have, believing that what God has put in our heart to believe for, that it's going to happen, that we're going to see and experience and receive the things that God has placed in our heart to believe for. So faith is the confidence that we have that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance. What gives us assurance? It's the faith that we stand on every day of our lives for whatever situation we have in our life. It's the faith that we stand on that brings us the assurance about things we cannot see. You know, it it would be wonderful if we could see every single thing with our physical eyes of what we are believing for. But most of the time, that what God has placed inside of our heart and he's spoken to us about, hasn't manifested yet. And if it hasn't manifested yet, then that's where our belief comes in, because God spoke it to us, or because we received it from the Word of God, or because we are just believing that this will happen, and this is a godly thing that we want to happen. And so we, by faith, are standing on God's Word, and on what he has shown us in the spirit for it to be accomplished. And so that is such a powerful scripture of our faith. Now Romans 10:17, Romans 10:17 tells us so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we know what builds our faith is the Word of God. It's the scriptures that have been, uh, that were, uh, divinely written by the men of God and over a period of time that God gave them the anointing to write the holy scriptures of the Bible. And it is those scriptures that increase our faith. That's why when you're having a battle with finances, you get scriptures from the Word of God, and I put them on index cards. I have up in my prayer room where I pray. It's a guest bedroom, but I go in there when I don't have company, and I spend that. I use that room to pray in, and and I have index cards when I need a miracle on finances, or the ministry needs a miracle on finances, or our church, Palabra de Vida Church in Mexico, in Ciudad Victoria. When we need a miracle, then I go into the prayer room, I pull all of my, pull, uh, my index cards out, and then I pray those scriptures, all of those scriptures that say as we give, that he will give back to us. All those scriptures say that he will provide our needs, that he will bless us, that he will, uh, uh, well, just all of the scriptures, and so I pray those. If I need healing in my body, then I go to the scripture, because it, it is the scripture that builds our faith. And that Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and it says, and hearing by the word of God. But I like to say it this way, faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, 
by the Word of God. So we don't just hear it one time and our faith is lifted up to the point that we can receive our miracle. We have to hear it a time and time and time again. But every time we hear it, then it is our faith is increased because God says that will happen. And our faith is increased. And then we can believe God for the miracle. Our miracle will be there. I remember a testimony about a pastor that a woman needed healing. So she called the ministry and she ordered a tape series. It was an, it was a pastor that preached uh, on television and uh, she ordered the tape series on healing. And she called him back after a week, and she was very angry at the pastor, and she said, I can't believe it. I bought this tape series. I listened to it, and I did not get healed. And she was very angry, and he said, he told us personally, he said, something rose up in me. He said, are you calling the Word of God uh, a lie? And she said, of course not. And he said, well, then you're saying it didn't produce in you, but he said, you didn't hear it. He said, go back and listen to those tape series again. Go back and listen to those tape series again. If you still don't have your hearing, I mean your healing, go back and listen to them again. She called him a month later. She heard the tape series three more times and was miraculously healed. It is the word of God that raises the faith inside of us to receive whatever miracle that we need. So let me tell you more about mom's miracles. I'm telling you, my mother was a woman of faith. Her name was Mabel Anderson Scriber, like I just said. She was born in Little uh, in Mulberry, Arkansas, outside of Little Rock, <clears throat> not too far. And uh, when she came to be with us, she was... Uh, uh, 94, and she had lived, uh, when, as soon as she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and she received her uh, language that God gave her, her tongues, that the uh, heavenly tongues that the Lord gave her, she became a woman of power. And uh, when that woman went into her prayer closet and, and prayed and in her weekly prayer meetings, there was just so many miracles that happened and unusual miracles. And she believed God every day, not just monthly or yearly for a miracle. No, mother would call Sandra and I and Bobby, and she would say, listen to what God did for me today. Listen to what God did for me this week. And so she believed she was in the Word constantly. She spent hours every day in the Word. Uh, she had her Bible, uh, she had Bible studies also. Uh, many of the Catholic priests opened up their uh, uh, their churches for her to come in in the I think it was in the 60s and 70s and she went in and was able to do Bible studies in, in different Catholic churches in the city and just miracles after miracles of what God did to open up the doors for my mother's ministry and uh, and she had miracles because she believed for miracles uh, she just had such faith Because she knew the word, she stood on those scriptures, and she had such faith to bring the supernatural into our world, to bring what God wants to do in our lives all the time. 
He doesn't want us to just believe for the supernatural once in a while. He wants us to walk in the supernatural all the time. And we can if we believe. If we believe, that there was so many times in the New Testament when Jesus says, can you believe to the person that needed a healing? Can you believe? And they would say, I can believe, but help my unbelief, because they were being attacked. Is this even possible? And so there was a, a little bit of doubt there, but yet they wanted to believe, and they were pressing in to believe, and they were standing in front of Jesus, talking to Jesus, the miracle worker, and they wanted to believe that it could happen for them. But my mother had tapped into that through her faith, that she could believe for these. Let me tell you what some of her miracles that happened to her. I'm going to tell you the watch miracle first. I love this miracle, and I, uh, I tell it a lot of times when I'm sharing and preaching around the world, and so many people know this testimony. But uh, we had given Mother a nice watch for her uh, Christmas, for Christmas, and um, and it had been many years ago, I think it was back in the 80s uh, or 90s when we gave her the watch. And she had had it for years. And so one day she called me and she said, Lynn, I've, wa- I've lost the watch and it's here in the house. I know I lost it in the house, but I'm looking just pray and I'm praying that the Lord will show me where it is. So we started praying and praying and she was praying also. And so she, of course, started looking all over the house, asking the Holy Spirit to show her where the watch was and three days went she had literally cleaned the house upside down turning everything you know checking underneath chairs anything where she had sat you know in cushions all kinds of things on the third day she was getting ready to go to bed and she uh, was praying, and she said, Lord, I am so tired of looking for this watch. She said, I've spent three days. I've asked you to show me where it is. And she said, I still don't have a clue where that watch is. So she said, I'm just going to ask you, you know where the watch is, she said. You know where the watch is. So I'm just going to ask you to ask one of the ministering angels to bring the watch back to me. And she said she just had such peace after she prayed that, and she went on to sleep. And she said in the middle of the night, she woke up because her hand was moving. And she literally, that's what woke her up, and her hand was moving, and she looked in her hand, and there was the watch. There was the watch. She had prayed that the Lord would bring the watch back to her, and and here was the watch laying in her hand. What a miracle. And I've shared that testimony all over the world of that miracle of her faith, to believe that God would do something like that for her, and uh, also of her standing on the world, on the Word, standing on the Word. That was just one outstanding mother uh, miracle that she had. Another miracle that I want to share with you is um, about the yellow dress miracle. Uh, I was getting ready uh, two years ago. I was invited down to go to Chiapas uh, 
uh, here in Mexico to the state of Chiapas to do a women's conference. And so Mother was living here with us at the time, and I had real good caregivers that were helping her. And so I was, um, the day I was leaving, I said, Mother, uh, I'm all packed and I'm ready to go. And she had been praying for me all this time for my trip and also for the time of ministry over there. And I had three different services. And so she said, uh, I told her, I said, Mother, let's pray together before I leave and um, and just spend time in prayer about the, the ministry time over there in Chiapas. And so we started praying, and she just stopped all of a sudden. Now, remember that at this point, she was uh, 96, and so 96 years old. So she just stopped, and she said, Lynn, I just had a vision. And she said, um, uh she started telling me about the vision, and it was about a woman in a yellow dress. And so I said, Mother, wait a second. Let me get a paper and pencil because I need to write all this down because she was already just taking off on this vision, sharing it with me. And I knew I'd probably not remember all these details. She was giving details. And so what the, basically what the vision was was that she saw a woman in a yellow dress, and she said that, um, the Lord uh, showed her that she had been going through a lot of trials in her life and that she had felt like that God wasn't with her because she hadn't seen the results that she wanted to see. And that. And then the Lord gave her a word, a prophetic word for this woman in the yellow dress. And the word was about that he had placed inside of her an anointing and he had placed inside of her uh, the word of God and that she had operated in the past in in flowing in the Holy Spirit, but that uh, uh, because she was discouraged, the enemy was trying to rob all of her calling, all of her talents, all of her abilities, and her standing on what God had asked her to do. The enemy was trying to rob her of her faith. He was trying to rob her of her joy. He was trying to rob her of her destiny. And so Mother gives this beautiful word saying that God is with her and reminding her of all the things that he had done in her life. And so she said, make sure that you read off all of these things that the Lord told me to this woman. So that was that was one thing that, that now I have. I'm on a mission besides preaching services. I'm on a mission now to find a woman in a yellow dress. And so then she says, oh, okay, now I have another word, and this wasn't a vision, but she said, now I have another word for a woman by the name of Alma. Well, as you know, Alma is a very common name here in Mexico, so my thought was there's probably going to be hundreds of Almas in this conference. It was supposed to be a conference of about a 1,000 women, and it was, and there was probably hundreds or 50 or more Almas there. So I thought, how am I going to, how am I going to find which Alma? And for that Alma, the word that she gave, was about that um, it was time now to get back into the ministry. It was time for her to rise up. It was time for her to stand up. It was time for her to get up and to allow the Holy Ghost to flow through her again, allow the Lord to minister to her and minister through her to others. But it was time to get up and get back into the ministry. So now I'm going with two... um, Two things that I need to do 
besides minister the messages that God has given me. So I get over there, and I'm the first speaker to open the conference. And when I went to start speaking, my eyes were just scanning all these women looking for somebody with a yellow dress. Now, I saw a yellow blouse. I saw yellow pants. But I didn't see anybody in a yellow dress. So I was getting under pressure. So I finally prayed, and I told the Lord, Lord, this is a little bit too much for me to just be constantly looking. I couldn't even enjoy myself. It seemed like during like a break time when I was ministering and, and visiting with pastors' wives and things like that, I couldn't even hardly relax because I was constantly looking for that yellow dress to give this word. Oh, and also I had taken that word and translated it over into Spanish, so I had a copy in Spanish. Uh, I wrote it out in English myself from my mother, and then I had it translated over into Spanish, so I had a copy to give to the woman when I gave her the word. So anyway, I'm still looking. So I told the Lord, Lord, I'm just going to relax, and you will show me that woman. So uh, the whole day went by, and I had that night also. And so when I stood up and I started to minister, I mean, I hadn't even just hardly said a few sentences, and all of a sudden, I see a woman in a complete bright yellow. In fact, I laughed because later I said it looked like a banana standing there because it was so yellow and so bright, and it was complete over, you know, as long-sleeved and down kind of past her knees. And so then I, I stopped what I was saying, and I said, I have a word right here for this woman and I said would you please stand up and and uh, anyway uh, I gave her the word I told what happened to my mother over on this other state of Mexico a 96 year old woman that's still getting visions still giving prophecies to people and still fulfilling still fulfilling her destiny I want to tell anybody that's listening to this that maybe you're an older age and you think what can I do how can God use me now maybe you're in your home and maybe you're not able to get out as much as you used to and you're saying what can God do with me now it is amazing what God can do with you it is amazing that the work God didn't stop your destiny because of years He still has that for you. Whether you're young and you're listening to this, his destiny for you is planned out. And he will work. He will work. He will work. And he will arrange people to be in your path to help you stay on your destiny. He will arrange people. He will open doors. He will shut doors. He will get you to the place where you will not get on the get off of the path that he has for you if you will yield your heart to him, if you will yield your life to him, if you will pray, if you will seek his face, if you will study the word and you will listen to the Holy Spirit, you will never, never get off your destiny. And if by chance you haven't done those things, And you got off of your destiny. And the enemy came in and robbed you. All you have to do is go back to him with a heart that is sincere. And ask him to forgive you. And say, Father, help me get back on my path that is from you. 
Help me to get back. Forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me from leaving you. Forgive me. And God always has his hand stretched out to every person that has gone away from him. He's always drawing them back. He's waiting for them to come back. And he wants you to come back. And he has his destiny for you is the same as what he had. He will get you back on the path, and he will work again. He never stopped working, but he will reveal it to you again of what you have to do. So age has nothing to do with it. My mother at 96 was prophesying, was laying hands on the sick, and was praying, praying heaven down to get the miracles for the people she was praying for. And so it's the same for each one of us, is that God has a plan for our life, and even if we make decisions that are incorrect, even if we fail, that we can come back, and we can be used of God mightily, and He will clean up the past. I'm just listening to a song the other day called Clean by Natalie Grant. It's the most powerful worship song, but one of the lines says, there is nothing too dirty that he can't make worthy. Let me say that again. There is nothing too dirty that he can't make worthy. And that is the song Clean by Natalie Grant. And so God, no matter what your age is, no matter where you are in with God at this point, God wants you closer to him, and he wants you to fulfill your destiny that he had for you even before you were born, that he's got a call on your life, he's got a plan for your life, and he'll use every one of your talents and abilities that he's put inside of you. So I see this woman with the yellow dress, and I am so excited. And I tells her to stand up, and I was able to read her the word that Mother gave. And then I had her come forward, and I gave her that translated copy. And and later I was able to talk to the pastor's wife and talk to other people, and they said that word was so for her. They said it was perfect for her, and and she was able to do what that word said. And then I'm now looking for Alma, and because God had had supernaturally allowed that woman to come in with a, a complete yellow dress. And, you know, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that the Spirit showed Mother what she would be wearing? Ladies, think about, and men, know this if you're married, think about how many times you changed clothes. That makes me wonder what God did. What if she changed clothes to get into that yellow dress? We don't ever know. But God will get everything in line to get you your word to get you your miracle, to take you to a place where you need to be. He'll get you in line. He'll lead you by his spirit to get you to where you're supposed to be so that you can receive your miracle, so that you can receive your miracle. Sandra, are you still there right now? Yes, I am. Okay. I heard yeah. you click, and uh, I didn't know if my no, no, I, no, I'm here listening. Now, which word was that you sang? Mom said you had to sing it. 
It was the second word for Alma. It was the okay. second word. Okay. Okay. Go ahead and finish telling that. Yeah. The singing. This, go ahead. This Did you is have awesome. No, no, okay. no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Well, for Alma, um, when Mother gave it to me, she sang it, and it was a word about get up, get up. I'm, I don't have a, a great singing voice, but it was something like get up, get up, stand up, stand up. Now is the time. Now is the time. But she sang it. And so when I gave it to her, of course, I was in a crowd of a thousand. Um, no, not for Alma, for the other word. But when I, uh, how, let me tell you what happened with Alma. When um, I didn't feel led to say, would every Alma stand up? Because I knew this was a particular word for a particular Alma. And so I felt led to ask the pastor's wife, uh, do you have any Almas on staff? And I did ask her that, and she said no. So I thought, well, I thought that was a good idea. But the woman that was hosting me, there was a woman that when I arrived at this conference, that they put a woman to take care of me during the services. That if I needed water, if I when I went to the restroom, she would walk with me and things like that. If I needed anything, she was there to serve me and also to take me to the hotel and bring me back from the hotel. And she said, why are you asking the pastor about Alma? And so I told her the whole story about my mother and this word, and she said, I know who it's for. And I said, really? And she said, yes. She said, there's a woman that is a home cell group leader. In fact, she leads many of the home cell groups, and her name is Alma. And her father had a, a physical condition. He was elderly, and he had to be taken, uh, taken care of 100%. So she had a very good secular job, but there wasn't anybody else in the family that could take care of him. And they didn't have the funds to hire a full-time caregiver. And so she had to quit her job and had to live with – she brought her – father to her house and she took care of him for years I don't know how many years and she said Lynn, she was in the ministry, and she was powerful, and God was using her mightily, but she even had to quit areas of ministry because of her father needing to take care of him. And she would go to some services, but she couldn't continue doing uh, the home cell groups because of her father being so sick. And she said, Lynn, he just died a week ago. And she said, I know this word is for her. And so because the woman wasn't there, I gave the word to Lily. And I said, would you please give it to Alma? And so it just happened that Lily came to my woman's conference three months later, and she stayed in my home. And when she got there, I said, I have to hear what happened to Alma when you gave it to her. And she said, Lynn, this testimony did not end with you just handing me that that uh, word from your mother, Mabel. She said, let me tell you what happened. She said, when I went uh, to go see Alma, she said, uh, I gave her the word, and she said, Alma just broke and cried and cried and cried and said, you just don't understand. She said, I was so disappointed I couldn't go to the conference because I was still tying up all the loose ends of losing my father, getting all the paperwork, death certificates, and things like that. And she said, I was not able to go to the conference, and my family was still here from out of town, and she said, and 
and I just told the Lord, you know how much I need this conference. But she said, Lord, I'm asking for a word. I'm asking for a word. I'm believing you that some way, somehow, that you're going to give me a word because I'm not able to be there, and I want you just to minister to me. And she says, so when I handed her, Lily said, when I handed her this word, from a 96-year-old woman from United States that didn't even speak Spanish or didn't wasn't Mexican. And here it was, get up, stand up, get back into the ministry. And she cried and cried, and she's back into the ministry full-time. She's back into the ministry because of that word, full-time. And so these are great miracles. But Mother wasn't anyone any more special than you that are listening. It says she believed God's Word. She stood on it, and she every day asked the Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me, every day. She prayed. She read the Word of God, and she put her life into His hands. And she would say, Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me. And she believed for the supernatural. She always believed for parking places, always. I remember when she got older, she drove her own car up until she was 89, Everywhere, everywhere, all over the city. Now, she didn't, at that point, go out of town, but earlier, of course, she would drive out of town. We would drive, she and I would drive to see Sandra in, in those times in Del Rio, and sometimes before that, even in El Paso, Texas, And but she drove everywhere. And then when she got older, she still drove, but she just drove to the grocery store or post office or bank or things like that, or out to eat with her friends. She had so many friends. She was a woman that invested into young ladies' lives through the Word and through prayer. And so still to this day, when I go to Brownsville, Texas, I run into all these people that knew Mother, and they're always saying to me, Lynn, your mother gave me this Word. Your mother prayed. I'm restored in my marriage because of your mother's prayers my child came home because of your mother's prayers and and I mean every time I'm in Brownsville I run into people that say I was healed because of your mother's prayers and uh so she has a a uh reputation even though she's gone but you remember i read you hebrew 11 1 and it said faith is the confidence that which we hope for will actually happen it gives us assurance about things we cannot see through their faith the people in days of old earned a good reputation earned a good reputation mother had an excellent reputation because she had earned it by being a mighty woman of God. Not perfect. She had her flaws. She made mistakes. I remember one time she told me, uh, I don't think somebody that I used to be great friends with when I was younger, I don't think they've ever forgiven me because I didn't go to their husband's funeral. And she said, it was so many years ago, I don't remember why I didn't go. But she said, I've never had a relationship with that person again. And I knew Mother didn't like 
not go because she just said, no, I'm not going to go. My mother was never that way. I knew there was a circumstance that prevented her, but it was later in life she always felt bad that 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 relationship had been divided because she didn't go to the funeral. And I know she apologized. She told me she had apologized to that woman, but that woman had never released the forgiveness to her. But, But Mother always walked in love. And because of her life and her testimony and her having a good reputation in everything she did, like I said, not perfect. I'm not building up somebody that's gone and and has spent an eternity with the Lord saying she was perfect and didn't have any flaws or didn't have, you know, didn't have bad days. No, you know, she was human just like all of us. But she still pressed into God and she knew how when she had bad days, she knew how to pray and to come out of those bad days. She knew what to do. She knew to go to the Word. When she would counsel me, she was probably the first person besides my husband that I would always go to and tell her what I was walking through. And she would listen to me. Mothers, if you're hearing this, I want you to take heed of this, take notice of this. She would always let me share everything. She wouldn't interrupt me. She would let me say what you know, what I was feeling bad about, what I'd been hurt over, my offense that I had received, and and uh, she would let me spill it all out. And, you know, maybe I would cry or whatever, you know, or just, or maybe I'd be mad, you know. But then after she had hear everything and let me just get it out, then she would say to me, all right, Lynn, let's look at the Word of God, what the Word of God says. Well, of course, I'm, I'm in the ministry. I knew what the Word of God says. I knew that I needed to forgive. I knew that I needed to reject those, those uh, characteristics of the enemy, of, of jealousy or anger or strife or any of those characteristics that are not godly characteristics, that are not fruits of the Spirit. I knew I needed to reject those things. I, needed, I knew I needed to pray through until those, uh, those uh, characteristics of the enemy you know, were trying to come against me are, are trying to get me to operate in them like you know uh, I mean I've seen people get so mad that that they just uh, open the door to so many different other things and they're, the reason why there's other things they've opened the door to is because they're stepping into the enemy's territory because they're stepping into his character you know his character of of strife or bitterness or unforgiveness. It, 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 we, it's they're stepping out of the godly characteristics of joy and peace and love and uh, long suffering and patience and kindness and all of the characteristics of God and and uh, forgiveness. All of those things they're stepping in, and when they step into the enemy's territory and they take on those characteristics and they're operating in that and allowing that. Anger, anger to stay, they're opening the door for other things to come. And Mother always made sure that if I was walking through something, even though I knew the Word of God, you know, uh, as you're listening to this, sometimes we don't get over things in one hour or one day. Sometimes people go weeks, months. Some people go years. But over in... in uh, Proverbs, let me look it up real quickly, but Proverbs 3, uh, let me look this real quickly. It says, guard your heart. Uh, Proverbs uh, 
let's see. Yeah, Proverbs 3.26. Uh, well, that's not it. Okay, it's Proverbs 4. That's why I couldn't find it. Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. See, there's not anybody that can keep your heart. The pastors can minister to you. They can give you the word of God. Uh, the Holy Spirit can help us. Our parents can instruct us. Um, our husbands can speak into our lives. Uh, our, our brothers and sisters can talk to us. Like my mother, uh, she could say, Lynn, you know what to do. You know what the word of God says. You know, that's what you have to go back to, no matter what's happened to you, no matter how bad you've been offended. Uh, you know, people are abused, and, and they didn't deserve that. But still, it is our responsibility to keep our own heart. It's our responsibility. <clears throat> my husband can't keep my heart, even though he can speak into my heart. The Holy Spirit speaks into my heart. He shows me things. He reveals things to me. But it's my decision on <coughs> it's my decision on what I do with the information the Holy Spirit gives me. And so all of these things that happen. But the word says here in Psalms four twenty three keep your heart with all diligence. And another scripture, uh, I mean, that same scripture, but another translation says, above all keeping, above all keeping. For out of it spring the issues of life. For out of it spring the issues of life. We're responsible for the condition of our heart. One of the things that I've thought about over all these years, got saved when I was nine years old, surrendered to be a missionary when I was 13, married Bobby when I was 24 and went full-time in the ministry. I was already in the ministry with the Baptist Church, and I went to Hawaii. I was a youth pastor in Hawaii. I went to Chicago and worked in the slum sections, uh, witnessing door-to-door in, in apartment complexes, doing vacation Bible schools. I was in the ministry. I love God. I didn't know hardly anything about the Holy Spirit. But when my mother received the Holy Spirit, and all of our lives changed when my mother received the Holy Spirit. And all of us went to another level. We went from walking in a normal Christian, godly walk to a supernatural walk with God when we were all filled in our family with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit. That's when we went to a supernatural walk with God, and we've continued as a supernatural walk with God. But as I learned the things of guarding my heart, in the beginning it was hard because the pains are real. So hurt is real. The offenses that people do or the rejections or the abuse, it's real. And you're living in a in a body that feels the uh, emotions, and 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 you know that all these things are real. You feel them, but the word of God is more real and can take us out of the physical realm into the uh, uh, spiritual realm to allow us to help us to forgive. <clears throat> 
to help us to walk in victory and to be set free from these things that are coming against us. And let me tell you a testimony about me that the Lord really showed me on forgiveness. We had many years ago, uh, someone had gone into the prison here in our city in Ciudad Victoria, and um, they had won a man to the Lord. And so he was changing drastically. He was changing in the prison. He had killed someone in a bar fight, and that's why he was in the prison. And so he, over a period of time, they just saw God come into his life. He was studying the Word of God. They were doing a Bible study with him and other men. And so they found out that they could pay money to this prison, and they could get him out of prison. So they came to all the missionaries in our area, and they said, this man has really changed would all of us chip in money and get him out so that he could be free because he's a new creation. He's a new creation in Christ, a new creature in Christ. And so we all chipped in money. We believed what the, the, the missionaries were saying. We knew them well. We knew their lives. And we knew that they knew that this man had changed. So he came out. Then what they didn't realize is he had to get a job within a week after he got out or he'd go back in. And so anyway, finally, no other missionary, our, our ministry was larger, so no other missionary had a job for him. So they couldn't find anybody that was just taking somebody straight out of prison. Uh, you know, so they came to us and they said, would you hire him? My husband has such a compassionate heart and a heart of mercy. Bobby operates in just such love and mercy to everyone. And he's just like Jesus. He gives everybody opportunity after opportunity to change. And, and, uh, and anyway, God uses him so mightily and uh, anyway so he felt compassion for this man and he had already talked to him one time before and he knew he saw a change in his life and so anyway we hired him well so for four years the man was awesome he went he went through our bible school uh he became we didn't give him any kind of a position of authority in the church but what he did is he became the caregiver or, or the caretaker of our property in other words he worked in the garden and he mowed the grass and if something was uh you know like a light bulb or any kind of repairs on the building he would go in and he would do those things if something he didn't know we'd get somebody else but that was his position he just basically worked maintenance and uh and cleaning the buildings and things like that. And we paid him, and we gave him a place to live for free, and we provided some of his food for free. And he went through our Bible school, a lot of things, four years. It was awesome, four years. Well, then we noticed some things were being stolen in our Bible school. We didn't have a lot of support from the states at that time, and so we didn't. Uh, we couldn't go right out and just buy everything that was being stolen. We didn't know in the beginning who was stealing these things, but we noticed, you know, pieces of equipment were being stolen. We, we, we figured it had to be somebody from the inside because we weren't having, we were just having the students there, so we thought maybe it was a student or whatever. We finally realized it was him, and we, you know, confronted him, and he said no, and and in the laws in Mexico, if you fire somebody, even if you're uh, thinking that they are stealing, uh, they can come against you with a lawsuit, uh, and then you have to prove that they were doing that. In other words, it's not 
I mean, it's just totally different than in the States. So we couldn't fire him, but we were by this time pretty sure that he was the one. And he kept saying, no, he wasn't. And so I started going through, it was one of the worst battles I think I've ever gone through in my life because I I resented him. I was angry at him. Every time I saw him, because I'd see him nearly daily because I'd go to the church, I'd go to the Bible school, and, and there he would be. And I knew he was robbing from us. It was, you know, we couldn't go out and replace the things he was taking until we raised money and all these kind of things. And no matter what we said to him, like, you'd think he would be nervous. Okay, they're watching me because they think I'm stealing. No, I mean, he was just doing his thing that he thought was okay. And he started all of a sudden not coming to church. Even though he lived on our property, we noticed he wouldn't be in the service. And all kinds of things. And I went through six months. I would go to bed, washing. I mean, I would go to sleep at night thinking of him. He was on my mind. I could not. And I knew the word of God. I knew what the Lord said about forgiving someone. But I I could not release that. It was like it was so hard for me to release that. And I would go to sleep thinking about him. I'd wake up in the morning thinking about it. It'd be the first thing on my mind when I'd get up. It'd be the last thing on my mind when I went to sleep. I'd wash dishes and think about him. And I would, every time I'd see him, I'd be angry. One morning at about four in the morning, and it was during the winter, and our houses didn't have any kind of central heat. We had a fireplace in the in the living room, and that was basically our heat. And uh, so it was freezing. And the house, they're made out of uh, blocks, cement blocks. Uh, so all the houses are cold, very cold during the winter. So the Lord woke me up at about 4 in the morning, and he said to me, go downstairs and pray. And I was under electric blanket with Bobby, and I did not want to go downstairs to pray because uh, I was so co- I mean, I knew it was so cold in the house, and I was just toasty warm under this blanket. And so I said, Lord, tell me what you want me to pray about. And so I went back to sleep because he didn't say anything. And so he woke me up again, and he, and he said, go downstairs and pray. And so I did it a second time. I did it a third time. But the third time he said to me, Lynn go downstairs and pray so I knew that the first two times I I didn't feel it as strong the third time was definitely a command to me to go downstairs to pray so I get blankets and wrap all around me I get my bible I go downstairs and I didn't have any idea what I was supposed to pray about nothing at all that I was supposed to pray about and so I'm just sitting there and I'm, I'm trying to start praying and of course it's four in the morning it's freezing I'm wrapped in a blanket and I was saying Lord what's this about what you know what's going on and so all of a sudden I thought to myself which I didn't realize at the time it was the Holy Ghost I thought well I'll just start reading in Psalms Psalms 1 and then as I'm reading the Lord will go ahead and speak to me and show me what he wants to pray about or he'll pray my heart. And so while I was reading in Psalms 1, I just started reading out loud. And all of a sudden, something from the last chapter of Job, it's Job 42, something just leaped off the page and just came like a neon light to my uh, vision, but I couldn't see it. It just like it was uh, something coming to me uh, like off the page. And I went, well, what is that? And I looked over and it was Job 42. The Lord showed me which scripture it was. And it was Job 42.10. And it said, and the Lord turned his captivity, talking about Job, the Lord turned his captivity uh, when he prayed for his friends. 
And that was those friends that when Job had lost everything, and he was covered in boils, and he had no family, he had uh, no crops, he had no animals, he had no, you know, houses, he had nothing. He was sitting there in captivity, I mean, in captivity uh, with his mind. He had lost everything, and the friends came and said, you've sinned, and you, you know, that's why God has come against you. And he said he knew his heart, the only thing was that he had feared that something like this might happened to him, but he knew his heart. See, guarding your heart, you know your heart. You know whether you're angry at somebody. You know whether you need to release and forgive somebody that abused you. You know those. Job knew his heart. He knew that what these people were saying against him was not true. He hadn't come against God. He had not failed God. He knew his heart, but it was that afterwards he had become captive to these friends because his thoughts were about what his friends had said to him. They said, you sinned. You came against God. This is why God is punishing you. And so he was, all those thoughts were in his mind against those friends, but it said that God turned his captivity. Who was captive? Job was captive. Captive with his thoughts and probably captive with his heart. And God said to me, when he revealed that to me, he said when he prayed for his friends, he said, Lynn, I want you to let Fernando, uh, no, excuse me, Leonardo, I want you to let Leonardo go to me. I want you to let him go. And I'm telling you, I broke before the Lord, and I just wept and wept. Six months I had walked this out. And I knew what the Word said, and I tried to forgive him. I'm not saying for six months I didn't try to forgive him. I did. I kept saying, Lord, help me to forgive him. Then I'd see him, and he'd come back up again. But that day, that morning, freezing cold house, I said, Lord, first what I did is I asked God to forgive me. I said, God, forgive me. For six months I fought this battle in my mind and in my heart. And I was, I had lost my peace. I lost my joy. I wasn't hearing from the Holy Ghost. And I said, Lord, please forgive me. And, of course, he did. He forgave me for not being more ready to let things go. And so then I said, Lord, I choose this day. I choose to forgive Leonardo. I choose to forgive him. And when I said that, and I meant it with all of my heart, and God had forgiven me for, for what I had done and stayed in six months of unforgiveness and no joy and no peace, As soon as I prayed that prayer, I was set, my captivity turned. And I mean that oppression, that unforgiveness, everything left me. Every single thing left me. I felt joy come back in. I felt peace come back in. I felt, I mean, I just felt the love of God in such a powerful way 
just it, it wasn't that God's love was never there, but I was walking through the battle, and my physical senses didn't feel it at times because of what I was battling. God is always there. He says, I never leave you or forsake you. He's always there. His love is always there. But sometimes we don't feel him because we're walking through these battles, and we're not allowing him to uh, operate in our lives like we should. And so when I let that go, my life changed. From that point on, I could see him and not feel one thing. And if the enemy tried to even bring a thought to me, I felt nothing in my heart anymore against Leonardo. But if that, uh, if that enemy tried to bring a thought to me, uh, I would immediately say, no, in the name of Jesus, because I chose on this date, and I would give the date, I made this decision, and I chose on this date to forgive him, and I will not go back. I will not go back and pull it up. I will not, and, and it never I never had a battle against him again. And let me tell you what happened to him. He never changed. On his own, he decided to leave us, which was an answer to prayer. And we didn't have to fire him. And on his own, he went back into the world, got back into drinking, and he shot someone again uh, in a bar and ended up in the in the same jail, in the same uh, prison here in Ciudad Victoria, and I, uh, uh, we sent people over to minister to him again, and uh, they said, no, his heart was hardened. You know, he didn't guard his heart. He had all those opportunities. If he had stayed, he would have still been with us to this day because people stay with us for years and years and years with opportunities, with blessings, with love from us to them. But he made a choice in his heart. So... Anyway, mother, a woman of faith, oh my goodness, a woman of faith. But faith is walking out the hard times. Faith is walking out, and mother had her hard times. Uh, Mother had her sicknesses that she had to battle. Mother had uh, offenses that she had to battle that she would come against and, and fight. But the miracles in her life and the testimony that Scripture is saying that of good, of a good uh, reputation, God wants each one of us, <clears throat> excuse me, as His children to have a good reputation. He wants us. He wants us to guard our hearts. He wants us to operate in faith, and He wants to put every miracle that we have need of. Uh, that we desire from Him, the desires of our heart, as we guard our heart, as we love Him, give our lives to Him, and walk with Him, holding His hand, letting the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. He wants to do all of these things for us. He wants to do all of these things for us. Uh, I have a lot you more know, testimonies, but I might do another one some but, other time. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, well, I wanted to bring, I wrote something down, two things okay. here. Uh, Lynn, about six years ago, I went down to stay a few weeks with Mom, and while we were there, well, I said, "Let we were well." Mom said, "We both said, let's just go through all of the boxes of papers and stuff." You know, there well, she didn't at that age. She didn't feel like going through things, so I said, "Let me go through, and we'll get rid of you know 
terrible bank statements and stuff. Then when when I pulled out a box from under the bed, which had been there for years, uh-huh. they were they were papers where she had written a scripture, maybe that she was meditating on, but had written it maybe hundreds and hundreds, even up to a thousand of time. I mean, wow. just. You know, I remember I used to have to, to, in school, I was always having to write 500 times, I will not talk, I will not interrupt <laughs> class. And, and her, hers wasn't that out of... <laughs> I only thought I did that. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, I really did. It. But, but hers were not. She was meditating, you know, on stuff. I will walk in love. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Yes. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart so that it became rhema in her heart as she meditated. And, and, and it's better when you write it, you're, you're thinking it and saying it, and she'd say those things. Yeah, so yes. that that's just, excellent. And, and, and we ended up, we did throw them all away. But I oh, said, "Wow, well, mom!" And, and she, well, 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 she said, uh, "Well, things that I was, you know, the Lord was really showing me to meditate on and 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 get it in my heart. It could be in your head, but it's getting it in your heart." And then I wanted to ask you, how's that book coming along that you were writing on, mom? Well, I'm getting close to being finished. Uh, I'm writing a book called My Mom, a Woman of Faith. It's a, it's going to be a small one of those pocket books, you know, those small one books. And, or an e-book. Uh, or an e-book. Uh, or it might end or, up being a big book before this is all over. No, no but it might email. end up being... Yeah, an e-book. Or an e-book. Or, what did you call it? Yeah, an e-book. Well, maybe. e-book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I finish it, we could we could send it to uh, Troy. Isn't it Troy that has? Yeah. That? Yeah. That he has his. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he'd love that. Was his yeah, grandma? Yeah, that's his his grandmother. And so uh, I I really have each chapter uh, already finished. My thing is is that I have to add a few more scriptures to it. I want it to be full of the Word of God. So I have to add a few more scriptures and uh, and then get it to the editors so that they can go over it and make sure there's no you know grammar. Yeah. Or, you know things like that yeah. that are incorrect, and then and then we'll get it printed. So I'm hoping maybe by the end of this year I'll have it ready. You know, but my mom, a woman of faith. Um, uh, it, but we have lots more stories. But may Sandra yeah. will do this again later, and uh, and add more. Well, listen, stories. listen. I, I want you to pray now okay. for everybody listening. Okay. And just whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Okay. I just want you to know right now there's a very heavy anointing in here in my office. And it's for you. Whoever's listening to this, this is for you. If you've made it all the way to the end, God knows what you're going through. He knows every struggle. He never he knows every cry that you have prayed to him. He knows the anguish of your soul. He knows what you're walking through. He knows what you've been through in the past. And his hand is always extended to you. And he says today, give it to me. Give it to me and let it go. And the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of my spirit, will help you to let it go. 
the power of the Holy Spirit will help you to let it go. Don't say, I've carried this too long. I can't let it go. I can't let it go. No. Don't say that. The power of the Holy Spirit, as you choose to let it go, it will be gone and you will be set free. Set free. Father, I thank you for that word. For every person that's listening, listening, Father, whether they needed that word or whether you're just saying to them, just guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. It determines whether you will be bitter or it determines whether you will be happy or it determines if you will walk in peace or if you will be in anguish. It determines all of these things, Father, as we live our daily lives with our children, with our husband, with our wives, with our uh, parents, with our relatives, with our boss, whatever. All of these things determine on the condition of our heart, Father. How we respond to people determines on the conditions of our heart. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I come against any work of the enemy that would try to rob them of their destiny, that would try to rob them of what you have planned for their life, Father, of the the miracles that you are bringing to them, Father. Uh, I come against the enemy, the work of the enemy, uh, over in Jeremiah 29, <clears throat> 29 uh, 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope, to give you a future and a hope. God is thinking about you right now, and he wants to give you the future and the hope that he has designed just for you. And it doesn't matter what happened in the past. If you've asked him to forgive you, it is forgiven. Father, that future and that hope that you have designed for each person listening, that it says here that you will, because you're thinking of them and thinking of them right now at this moment, that you have thoughts of peace and not of evil to give them that future and that hope. Holy Spirit, touch them right now, wherever they are, wherever they are. Let the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit that is with me right now, distance is nothing to God. His Holy Spirit can be with you as you're listening, even from other countries, and it can be right here with me. It can be all over the world right now. Holy Spirit, touch everyone that is hearing this and let them feel your presence, the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the heavenlies coming down to minister to us, the glory of God coming down to minister us today, Father. Help them to release what they've not been able to release in the past and help them, Lord, to be set free today, that they are totally set free by the power of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Father, that our prayers are heard. Our prayers are heard and that God has the answer. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will hear you and I will answer. Let me read that because I'm right now over in 
in Jeremiah, I want to say it exactly how it is, Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not even know. I will show you great and mighty things which you do not even know. Ask God to show you the great things that you don't even know. But you are forgiven and you are set free in Jesus' name. I love you even though I don't know you. Because God's love, like Sandra said, is shed abroad in our heart. And I feel such a compassion and love for you. And I know that God is going to work with you every day to either finish you with your destiny or to get you back onto your destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, wow. That is precious. And I know lives are going to be changed. I can yes, just see that's it already. What we're believing for. And I believe new people will hear about this cast. podcast. Okay, this, yeah, yeah. God's putting. He's putting on a lot, and and he's using he's using us, and yes. and uh, Wayne well, and I, I just did a, sometimes. Yeah, well, Wayne and I just did one in Spanish, and uh, we've got another one coming up in Spanish, and yes. and we need to get some of this done in Spanish because there's a lot of Hispanic people are saying put more on. We have yeah, that one on there. Yeah, because so, they're, they're everywhere. They're, I mean, the, the Mexicans are a lot in the States, and so, uh, and of course, you know, other countries too. So yeah, that's awesome yeah. for them to have an opportunity if they are far away from uh, maybe a Spanish-speaking church or something like that, they could pick yeah, up and hear this. Yeah. It's awesome. Thank you, Sandra. Oh, okay, well, Lynn, uh, that, that's a wrap. I want to say that's a wrap.